Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, questions. Focus around Manchester City mostly, but we do deviate here and there. Uh, so let's get through it. First question, and all of these were submitted through Discord. Uh, as a reminder, please access the Discord channel and go there and interact with Real Madrid fans every day. It's a really, really, really fun. It's taking crowd. off. It's it's just booming. Just booming. It's, yep. it's such a fun place to be. And the discussion is great. And it's uh, it's pretty fun to interact. So get in there. And also, you can connect your Patreon account, which means you can actually submit questions through Discord and all that stuff for the mailbag. First question is from Post10. Post10 says, Hi, Keon and Lucas. What are your thoughts on Benzema's performance today and your predictions for his response in the second leg? In revisiting second leg semis that we played away, one of my favorite Benzema moments was his goal line dribble against Atletico Madrid in the 2017 Champions League run that basically cemented our advancement to the final. Do you guys think a magical Benzema moment can happen again in the second leg? Hopefully. I think Real Madrid will need him. He obviously was one of the darkest points, if you will, of the... Of this first leg in at the Bernabeu, it's clear that you know he probably didn't cost Real Madrid anything, but he wasn't at the level we're used to see him over the last few seasons. So I think Real Madrid will need him. I think Real Madrid have a tall task ahead with the return leg at the Etihad, and I think they will definitely need a better version of Benzema than the one we got to see in the in the first leg. Obviously, other players will. Will need to show up as well. This will not be a one-man effort from from Benzema, but I think that you know this is such a, t- uh, a tough task that Real Madrid cannot afford to 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 have a similar performance from Benzema than to the one we saw in the in the first leg. So it was pretty mediocre, and that doesn't mean it was very poor, but. You know, we're used to more greatness from Benzema, so I think the team will need him. What I highlighted in the post-game show about what he did, well, I thought in that first half in particular, when Manchester City were pressing, were more aggressive, uh, it was Benzema dropping deep to help escape press, and his hold-up play was very good. So that's what I think he was doing well. But as important as that is, I think Real Madrid need uh, another gear from him. And, And I don't... I absolutely have faith in Benzema. I just wanted to point that oh, out. Oh, yeah, me too. He has earned our trust, and he has earned the benefit of the doubt. And uh, 
as I mentioned that night too on the podcast, he's, you know, he had three hat tricks in the past month. He has big game cojones. And I have no doubt that he's going to be super important in the second leg. Yeah. Uh, I, I, hopefully so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. On that note, this is a nice segue to more second leg discussion. Patrick Odiafati says, hi, Keon and Lucas. I hope you're both doing well. A lot of people are saying City didn't play at their best and can slash will go up a gear or two at home while also peddling the narrative that Madrid played their best possible game. If we're being very critical, Benzema, Rodrigo, Fede, and Modric played under their usual level. I believe we can also play much better than this. This team always shows its face when it's being doubted the most. As far as I'm concerned, next Wednesday's match is essentially the Champions League final. That's what it will feel like on a scale from 1 to 10. How do you personally rate our chances of defeating Manchester City in the Etihad? On a scale of 1 to 10, I think they're still the favorites, obviously. So I would put uh, a 4, maybe 60-40, something like that. That will be probably my my odds for this one. I think they're the favorites, so four is the least, is the most I can give to Real Madrid in, in this regard. It's clear that, you know, Real Madrid will need to beat them at, at the Etihad or, or, you know, eliminate them via a penalty shootout. But I agree with Patrick when he says that the players mentioned perform under their their usual or their best level. Fede was, to me, alongside Benzema, Fede was the other who I'm a bit more concerned about. I think Rodrigo and Modric were better than, than Benzema and Fede maybe deserved a better rating than, than these two. But uh, if Fede and Benzema manage to, to show up and improve a little bit, I think Real Madrid's chances will, will increase uh, very much. But again, I, I have to consider Manchester City the favorites after after the one one result that the Bernabeu Real at the end of the day Real Madrid didn't didn't take advantage of their of their home field advantage so no pun intended so I have to to put uh, Manchester City as a favorites. So, uh, my my buddy texted me yesterday and he said some book bookies have Real Madrid at four to one like a 25% chance to advance. That's and too low in my opinion. It's insane. Like, again, I don't gamble. But goddamn, if I ever decided to gamble, I'd put so much money on that. Mm. <laughs> oh, come on. Like, 25% chance of advancing is insane. We all saw what happened. The, like, I need to know, is it just a home I don't think, factor? I don't think it's insane. I think it's too low. But I wouldn't deem it that's insanity. I I wouldn't go that far. But I just I just need to really hear. I I agree that City are favorites, but I but like what I need to, I want to hear like the explanation as to why. Just because of what Holland? Because it's at the Etihad. Yeah, be, mainly because of if it's at the Etihad, and you know, just because of that, Real Madrid will be expected to perform worse than what they perform at home. So. So I agree with the general point that Patrick is making here. I don't think we saw the best version of Real Madrid in that first leg. 
which I think is actually a good thing. Cause I thought, mm-hmm. I thought it was the way I worded it. Cause I've been asked about this a couple times in some random appearances here and there interviews. The way I worded it was, I think it was pretty even. One, one is a fair result. And if I had to choose, I think Real Madrid was slightly better than Manchester City. I agree. And I completely agree with the idea that we haven't gone to that full gear yet. If we needed to, we can hopefully dig it out and unearth it. And hopefully the the fact that this is the big, biggest game of the season will demand that from us. And we've been to this stage many times before. Benzema could have been better. Rodrigo, I thought, was pretty good. But he could be better. Yeah, I agree. Fede was good, but he could be better. Moric was good, could be better. Completely agree with all that. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I do think 25% is too low. Um, I don't know what the actual odds are. I'm kind of illiterate when it comes to sports betting anyway. But uh, yeah, I think it's much, much closer than some people think. So when Guardiola said after the game that Manchester, you could feel that Manchester City lacked a little bit of confidence up front in their decision making, in their aggressiveness and all that, I agree. And what gets me a little bit more concerned is the fact that they will probably regain or have that confidence back at home, you know, with their fans supporting them and all that. So, I mean, Real Madrid didn't play at their best, but it's clear that Manchester City didn't play at their best either. So, no, but yeah, that, that look, I, I'm sure they'll come out prepared or whatever, but so will we. But I have another thing that I, I was thinking about this quite a bit. I th- a lot of the, the kind of the narrative that gets pushed out and a lot of this, I think, the way Guardiola generally talks in the media, he didn't say it this time. He he actually was, I thought, was quite graceful after the game where he actually said, um, you know, the second half that, you know, they, they, they dominated. I, he said, yeah. I don't remember the exact words he used, but he was pretty admitting that the fact that Real Madrid But was... he's always graceful when the result is kind of good for Manchester City. So that's not a, that's not a surprise. I no, mean, uh, but but uh, but he, I feel like he gives a lot of backhanded compliments and 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 I feel like a lot of the narrative he pushes out with Real Madrid in the Champions League is like, "Oh yeah, the reason why Real Madrid win the Champions League is because it's Real Madrid and you they they always like have to be there. You have to go through them." But it's never yeah. about like how great Real Madrid are. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. feel like like what we saw in the first leg was not a matter of Champions League DNA, nor was it um, any kind of, uh, you know, not playing well, but then scoring. Like, there was a level of football that Real Madrid played that was like, oh, shit, these guys, it's not just about Champions League DNA right now. This is, These guys are actually as good as us. Like, I feel like there yeah. was a little bit of like, oh, shit, it's not that these we have to be careful about these guys' mentality. It's like, no, these guys are actually really, really good. And I just feel like this Manchester City, if they get punched in the mouth a little bit, they kind of buckle, you know, especially when you when you factor in the fact that, you know, there's a lot of pressure on them to finally get to the final and and win it. You know, they've had another great domestic season. And, you know, they've added Holland to help them get over the hump like this and I feel like there's just a lot of pressure on them. And I don't know how they'll necessarily deal with that pressure because they haven't dealt with it uh, in the Champions League in the past. So I, I think I think this is a pretty even playing field. Uh, 
maybe I'm underrating the Etihad for whatever reason. I understand that their home record is insane, but uh, I don't know how phased Real Madrid will be from the Etihad. We've we've been through much more hostile atmospheres than that. So I don't know. I'm giving us. I'm actually feeling okay about this. I'm feeling good about heading heading into the second leg. Again, not favorites, but I don't think it's twenty five percent or whatever. Um, and I, I guess I just have a more optimistic view on this. Having said that, when you when you mentioned penalty shootout, I kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit. I, I don't want to sit through that. Sounds terrible. Yeah. Did you see what Stevie Nichols said on ESPN? No. What did you say? One of the wildest takes I've <laughs> ever heard. So much so that I actually had to text Kay Murray about it because she was the one moderating that panel. He uh-huh. said that he said that Real Madrid looked like Leeds United versus Manchester City in the first leg. Oh, wow. Come he on, He couldn't man. believe that this basically was a Champions League-level team. Like, that they got dominated. And it was like, I, I just... Real Madrid missed an opportunity to... I mean, Manchester City w- w- were with their backs against the wall in the return leg. It's cl- maybe Manchester City kind of won the first half. I can agree. I can see and agree with that. But the second half was all Real Madrid, and 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 to me, Real Madrid missed the golden opportunity. So I don't know where that takes come from, where that take is coming from, man. It's just ridiculous. Um, we'll come back to city discussion. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Tharp says, "Sorry about the late second question, but will there be a live show in Dallas for El Clasico? That's the plan." Anthony, I don't think you were at our last Dallas podcast. One of the most memorable podcasts we've done because Matt Wiltsey, who lives there, <laughs> first of all, congrats <laughs> to Matt Wiltsey. He gets a class to go in Dallas. And I don't think um, Dallas is as fun as Las Vegas, but um, we lost a Vegas class to go and earned a Dallas uh, class to go, which is great because <laughs> I think we're going to get that same room. It's this breathtaking room with like basically couches and fireplaces we had to ourselves in the other room, there was a bar and there was like a pinball machine and a foosball table. And it was just so nice because it was nice and quiet because it wasn't a public open bar that we had to record in some other places that we go to. So that's the plan. Um, Matt was going to try to book that room again and we'll hopefully see you there. Okay. Dallas was Dallas was an awesome, awesome time. So hopefully we'll do it again. And hopefully we'll do Houston as well. And hopefully we'll do LA as well. Again, I'm not sure about Orlando. Orlando is just Florida in the summertime. Although like, you know, Texas in the summertime is a is an absolute heat wave too. But uh, I don't know. Orlando is just all the way on the East Coast and it's not easier. It's not as easy to plan. So I don't know about Orlando, but... And I don't think we have a market at all there. And I don't think there's, I don't know if there's much happening in Orlando apart from Disney World. So <laughs> don't know about Orlando, but the other three, yeah, that's the plan. Stay tuned, Anthony. Do you have any extra thoughts to add to this US tour? No, I'd, I'd love to go. It's a bit of a shame because I will be visiting the, the US by, by the end of August. So it's a bit of a shame that, you know, we cannot uh, make, uh, put all these pieces together and, and have a Real Madrid game in the U.S. I can attend to. And obviously a Managing Madrid uh, podcast episode uh, recorded live that I can attend you know, as well. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a shame that this is happening a month uh, earlier. 
uh, or a month before my trip. I can't remember. You, what, what are you going to the U.S. for again? Just to hang out? Just, uh, yeah, yeah. Just by holidays, vacation, yeah. So this is for future purposes. You always know that the Ramjet goes to the U.S. once a year mm -hmm. in the summertime. You got to wait. See what, what they announce and then book it for next summer. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll try. I'm you know what? I it's I'm amazed they announced it so early. Or maybe it's not that early. I yeah, it's, it's strange. But uh I'm well, really happy they announced it this months early. from now. Yeah. Right. I, I get I'm probably the most excited. I love preseasons with all my heart. I, I really, really enjoy it. I know. It's I don't know what it is. It's just such <laughs> a fun experience for me. Um I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I don't remember anything from the games, but I just remember enjoying it, I, and I really look forward to it. I get irrational. I got so excited today. When Waiting they in baseball, it. in baseball fields. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just like a fun vibe. I don't know what it is. It's just a really fun thing to be a part of. Um. All right, Lachlan says, "Is Kamavinga <laughs> buckle up for this one? Is Kamavinga but potentially the best left back in the world right now?" Look, he, he obviously isn't, I don't think. <laughs> but I was going to ask uh, Ancelotti a question about after the game. Obviously, didn't get the opportunity to. Uh, about Camavinga's role being very similar to what Marcelo could offer in terms of, you know, his creativity and his positioning on the field. He tends to drift uh, towards the center of the field when Real Madrid have the ball. So I think it's a very similar role than, than the one Marcelo played. Obviously, Ancelotti coached. Marcelo uh, during Marcelo's prime back in 2013-14 and also 14-15. So I would have I would have been interested in in hearing Ancelotti's answer to this. And uh, you know he's not, he's not the, best, the the world's best left back I don't think, but uh, he's definitely impacting the game in in many many ways. I still think that he's he takes too many risks. For a for a defender, in my opinion, that turnover led to Manchester City's goal, and overall, kind of put a stain a little bit on up on his world class performance during the first leg. I still think that it's a bit of a shame that we're not getting the chance and the opportunity to see him play in, in as a defensive midfielder after what he showed and did in in, in Anfield, for example. To be honest, maybe when when Mendy's back and ready, I would probably play Camavinga as a defensive midfielder, drop Valverde out of the team if he keeps playing this way, and start Mendy on the, on the left. But right now he's the best answer Real Madrid have for, for the le for the left back spot with with Mendy not available. So, but again, I hope that this changes uh, soon because I want him to be uh, either a defensive midfielder or a central midfielder, but definitely not a left back. This is just a, a a fun, I guess, thought exercise. Like you said, he's not the world's best left back, <laughs> but just the <laughs> fact that, like, imagine, imagine if someone told you this summer that this question would come into our mailbag this year, and it would be <laughs> a serious question. Crazy. So it's interesting because I actually just happened to write kind of about this yesterday it's on the site in my latest column but football reference sneakily has added a section on Kamavinga's profile page which compares them to fullbacks 
Oh. Uh, and so just here are some numbers. 85th percentile among fullbacks in shot-creating actions. 99th percentile, percentile in pass <laughs> completion. 93rd percentile in progressive passes. 82nd percentile in progressive carries. 92nd percentile in successful take-ons. 99th percentile in tackles. He's like just up there. I mean, there are he's clearly not better than like Alfonso Davies or Teo Hernandez. Um, you know, or like just off the top of my head, Zinchenko, these guys. Maybe Robertson. I think what he's missing to like actually be up with those guys though in in, in this comparison is if he starts like scoring and getting more assists from this position, he could actually mm-hmm. be among the world's best left backs. I mean, he's probably like top He's seven. not playing that role, though. No, that's the thing. Again, he's 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 pretty much being an attacking midfielder where Real Madrid have the ball, similar to what Marcelo did. I mean, the other day, it reminded it reminded me a lot of Marcelo's role, you know, leaving all the fla- all the wing for, for Vinicius, and then he, he drifted and, and pretty much was Real Madrid's attacking midfielder. It was a, a bit crazy to to see that. So he's not playing the role of uh, of crossing and, and, you know, dribbling past opponents through the, through the flanks and all that, similar to what Teo and, and Alfonso Davies do. He's a different kind of profile. Yeah. I, I feel like if you give him, like, one more season of just... No. Pl- no. <laughs> no. No, I know. But you just give him like one more season of playing it, playing this left back role. I don't see why he wouldn't be like considered among the best. He's already one of the best midfielders. Put in there. I know. I and agree sign a you. left back. I well, Frank Garcia is coming. Um, is he better than Frank Garcia now as a left back? Yes, <laughs> I think he is. I I agree. I agree. Okay, so here's a question. Would you have rather had Kamavinga against City that day or Zinchenko? Or Chilwell? No, 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 no. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bench Kamavinga for, for any of this. Well, does this mean he's like basically like a top three left back? Yeah, maybe, maybe he is, but isn't he at he's so good that he can make a bigger impact as an as a midfielder. And he might not be a top three midfield midfielder. But, you know, the impact he's allowed to make as a midfielder is way bigger than the impact a, a, any kind of left back makes. With the exception of maybe Marcelo. Marcelo is the one and only player who pretty much was an entire offensive system by himself as a left back. You know, other than that, left backs, yeah, a, a world-class left back obviously helps, makes a good impact. But, you know, I'd rather have a top 10 midfielder than a top three left back. Yeah. Yeah. It, the thing is with Kamavinga also is that the stuff he impacts the game with, he can do from anywhere. So, mm-hmm. like, I, you know, obviously his best position is still central midfield. There's no arguing that. But he's just impacting the game in ways that Ferland Mendy couldn't. And absolutely, it's been huge. He's a better left back than Mendy. <laughs> yeah, this question is crazy to me because it's actually again he's not number one, but 
against City? <laughs> this is the way I'm going to answer it now. This is completely off the cuff. I didn't think about this until right now. But against Manchester City in the first leg, there are probably only two left backs I would legitimately have would have rather. And that would be Alfonso Davies. And the second one would be probably Teo Hernandez. But I don't I don't even know if Teo Hernandez knocks down Bernardo Silva the way Camavinga did. I I don't know about Teo either. So we're gonna put him up to number two now. Second yeah, but again, I'd rather world. have a top ten I'd rather have a top ten midfielder. There's there are just a handful of ways a left back can impact the game. Whereas, you know, obviously a midfielder is key. Having a top 10 midfielder, even top five, is so crucial. You know, it's, it's, it changes the, the, the entire complexity of your team. Whereas a, left, a fullback, you know, it's great and it helps, but it won't, it should not and it won't make a difference unless, again, unless that, full, that particular and specific fullback is Marcelo. When was the last time we've seen a player like this who's so good at two completely different random positions? I guess like Kimmich, Kimmich was a midfielder. Yeah. And a wing Good back. example. Yeah. Is the only one I can really think of. I mean, Alaba, but Alaba never really played midfield the way Kamavinga does to mm-hmm. that consistency. Yeah. Kimmich is a good example. Yeah. What a, it's a very, very interesting player profile. Um, yeah. It's, haven't really seen anything like it. Sports Social Podcast Network.